Welcome to another episode of Chan with a Plan, the podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan. There's a lot of content out there, especially in social media, about entrepreneurship, about how you should quit your job in order to fully focus on your entrepreneurial endeavors. Unfortunately, statistics show that a majority of people who start small businesses end up closing shop within the first year of business, which leads to my discussion for today in terms of how to go from an entrepreneurial back to an employee if things don't end up working out. The biggest myth when starting a business is that if you do end up wanting to go back as an employee, it's going to be very hard because employers believe that you are a flight risk where you work for them for a little bit. And then once things start picking up, you might want to jump ship and try to start your own business again. However, that is not necessarily true. And there are a lot of businesses that want to have someone that has that entrepreneurial experience to help them improve their business and meet their business goals. And in this episode, we will be discussing just that as I will be speaking to an entrepreneur that ended up transitioning successfully back into an employee for a company in Indiana. Her name is Courtney Nicholson. And she is a sales and marketing professional with 14 years of experience, including a seven-year stint as the owner of a boutique digital marketing agency. With an education rooted in art history and a passion for storytelling, Corny is adept at communicating her customers, clients, and employers' brand messaging efficiently. Corny has worked with a wide selection of clients, ranging from small businesses and political candidates to nonprofit organizations and large corporations. She is currently the sales and marketing coordinator for Energy Diagnostics, a company based in Indiana that provides energy code compliance services to residential and commercial builders. Now let's get into my discussion with Courtney on how to successfully transition from an entrepreneur back into an employee. Hey Courtney. Hey, how are you, Max? Good to see you. Good to see you too. How was your week so far? So far, so good. It's a beautiful day, so that's always a good thing. And we're getting into spring, so I'm very happy the weather's warming up and makes life a little easier. (laughs) Nice, nice. What are your plans for the next few months once it gets warmer? Man, you know, I live in a lovely rural part of Northwest Indiana, and we just spend as much time outside as we can. I have two young kids and my husband, and we just spend a lot of time out in the backyard, we're on about two acres. So the kids are always running around and we have lots of friends over. So just hanging out and enjoying the, the warmth before the snow comes back in the fall. <laughs> nice, nice. So I, I, I got you at a good time then because it's still in the middle of like cold, a little bit of warm, yeah. but not too hot yet to go outside. So you have time to chat with me on, on my podcast, right? You bet. You bet. It's perfect timing. <laughs> Great. And yeah, so... Again, I really appreciate you coming on today. And the reason why I reached out to you is you made a post a couple weeks ago talking about how you ended up closing your business to go work for a company. And Mm -hmm. what usually happens is there's a lot of focus in terms of getting people to quit their jobs to focus on their dream and their entrepreneurial endeavors. But the thing is that a lot of people don't see the other side is like, what if it doesn't work out? Am I able to go back? Is it like if I try something for a year and it doesn't work out, am I considered unemployed for that year? And a lot of people don't really talk about the other side of it. There might be some people that don't really want me to jump yet in case they can't go back. And I know you recently did that successfully. So you went from employee to entrepreneur back to employee. So it is possible. So I wanted to reach out to you just to have a chat uh, on my podcast to discuss how you were able to successfully transition back to an employee. And uh, before we go into that part of the story, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you actually started 
into entrepreneurship? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that I hate to call myself an accidental entrepreneur, but it's kind of accurate. I'd been in a sales position for seven years with a large company, and I was geographically, my territory was quite distant from the company itself. So I was working all day and sort of uh, quite disconnected from the company, if you will. But I really liked my job. I was It was a route sales position. So I was seeing the same folks over and over in either like weekly or bi-weekly or monthly incremental basis. And so it, was, it cultivated these relationships. You know, I'd see these people for week after week for seven years and really enjoyed my relationships. But the culture of the company was changing a lot. And I was driving 150 miles on average on, you know, per day in this sales route. And I could just, just sort of sense that there's tides were changing in the the market that I was in. And what was interesting is that every single day, day after day, multiple times a day, usually, um, when I'd go and speak with my customers at the time, you know, I'd, I'd go in and I, I had, I worked for a wine distributor, so a beer and wine distributor. And so the role of a distributor is, um, in the three tier system, we sort of, um, regulate the sale of products that are of alcoholic nature. Um, and in Indiana, it it's really regulated. So um, I would go and I'd visit my clients and I would say to them, hey, how's that Chardonnay doing that I sold you last week and you were going to put on your buy the glass list? And they'd say, oh, you know, I don't know. I haven't really had time to promote it. And then I'd go to another store and say, hey, how's that Malbec? You know, we sold you that special case deal. You got a really good price. How's that going? Is it flying off your shelves? And they'd say, oh, you know, I keep forgetting. It's, it's, I got to just tell somebody about it. I keep forgetting. And day after day, I was hearing these people say that, you know, they had good products and they had good knowledge and their own, you know, abilities, but they didn't have the time and the wherewithal to sort of market their products to their audience. And they already had a set audience. They already had, um, you know, regular loyal customers, but they didn't have the time or capacity to market new things or even existing products to that audience. So I was hearing this over and over and over saying, hearing, you know, I wish I had more time to, to tell people, to tell people. And I thought, well, you need somebody who's going to be your evangelist basically. But, you know, you have to think these are small retail stores, small independent restaurants. These are all, you know, these aren't chain restaurants and chain big grocery stores. These are little independent retailers. And I thought, you know, there, there really is this demand in the market for marketing professionals that are focused on super small businesses in a hyper-local sense. And I heard this over and over for years. And so I thought, well, why not? Um, so I, um, I, you know, I got to thinking about how I could sort of fill that void because there's a demand in the market. Let's sort of meet that need is my thought. And um, I remember the day that I made the choice and I, I called my husband. I was in a parking lot waiting to go into one of my customer's stores and it was a particularly difficult client and I wasn't really looking forward to seeing them. And I was about eight months pregnant and maybe not thinking so clearly, but I said, you know, hey, I really think there's something here and I really think I can turn this into a business and here's how I think it can go. What do you think? And he said, I, I think that's brilliant. Let, let's go for it. So, um, you know, I, I didn't jump that day, but, <laughs> but I'm grateful that um, my crazy idea 
and my supportive husband and my amazing, you know, sort of group of folks that help support me, um, said, why not? Why not give it a try? So um, I left that company after a little over seven years and um, jumped in and started my marketing business. And um, on my first day of being in an LLC, um, I went back to some of those customers that I had sold to for years and I had seven clients by the end of the day. So it was it was kind of an accident, but it was also you know, meeting the needs the market dictated. And I'm so grateful that I got to jump in when I did. Yeah. So your husband was very supportive in your decision. How about your friends, your family, and even coworkers at your former workplace? Yeah. So um, leaving my company wasn't terribly hard. There were a lot of um, behind the scenes things that were changing in the market, like I mentioned. And actually within about two years of my leaving, um, my whole division was gone. So um, that was easy. Um, I think my friends thought it was um, a little crazy when I had a one and a half year old and now a newborn to be starting a business from scratch with zero business um, you know, knowledge per se. Um, my family was excited because they know that when I do anything, I just dive in you know, all the way and I will figure it out. If I don't know it, I will learn it and um, I'm willing to take risks. So they weren't entirely surprised, but, um, you know, just making sure that it was going to be a wise choice for all of us because I did leave a very comfortable position and I did have to change, you know, all of our benefits and health insurance and all that real world practical stuff that you need as a grown up that um, we all hold to be so sacred. But I also feel that if I hadn't done it then, I don't think I ever would have done it. So do you think that if it wasn't for the support of your husband and your family, you wouldn't have made that jump? Like you need that support to the get, kick you, so to speak, to get to that next chapter of your career? I, I really think I still would have. Um, I'm, I'm one of those sort of fiercely independent women that while I love my husband and my kids tremendously, um, I also think that everybody is their best self. Um, when they're completely fulfilled, whatever that means. And so to me, um, that means being able to be an amazing worker, mom and wife and daughter and sister and all that stuff. I, I can't compartmentalize any of those things personally. So I think even if they'd said, I don't think this is a great idea, Courtney, I would have said, well, I can't wait to prove you wrong. <laughs> prove that the others wrong, right? Prove that the others wrong. Right. <laughs> So did you have, um, oh, wait, so you, you got the support. So was there some sort of exit plan you had before you left? Like, I'm assuming you just say, you woke up one day and say, okay, I'm going to quit today. Like you always had a plan in place right before. So how did you get to that point? Yeah, good question. So I had a bit of a plan, but not a lot, um, to, to be honest. I, I knew that through the seven years that I'd been in this sales position, um, and trust me, I read my NDA very closely before I did this, but um, I made sure that the folks that I had really enjoyed cultivating these relationships over the years, that I could come back to them and say, hey, you know, I've been your sales rep for seven years. Now let me just switch gears. I'm going to be your marketing person. Let's just flip that coin because you know, sales and marketing go hand in hand so closely. And so many of them just said, oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I'm all on. I'm all in. Let's do this. I'm, I'm totally on board. So um, in that sense, it was a pretty seamless transition, but obviously I needed more than seven clients to, to survive. Um, and that's, you know, where the, the fun of growing a business comes in. But yeah, it was, it was a pretty seamless transition, fortunately. Great. And 
Did you have a sort of like a target date saying, I'm going to give this my all for the one year and then evaluate? Or was there another plan in terms of um, like, there, there has to be a certain level of the business for you to continue or you would go back. Was there any of that sort of plan or did you jump in and then see what happened? Well, certainly I had some goals and um, some of my goals were more um, uh, new, financial, frankly, that I wanted to sort of replace the salary that I had been making. Um, but I also had some goals in mind of um, big fish that I wanted to have as customer, as clients. Um, so within a year, I had um, matched my salary and I thought, okay, well, that's fantastic. Um, and then about nine months in, I landed my biggest fish and it was one that I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe I got these people. Um so that those were two huge successes that came really early on. And I was very fortunate that they came really on um, really early. And so in a way that was great, but in a way it was a, it was a bad thing because then I had to sort of chase that and, you know, get to the next level. All right. And you said that your first day you landed seven clients, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. So you got a lot of client work right off the bat, which is great. And you said you didn't have a lot of business acumen when you started. So <laughs> How fast did you learn and what were some bumps along the way that you learned as an entrepreneur that you wouldn't have learned as an employee? Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. What didn't I learn? Um, well, it's one of those funny things that I was so excited just to get started because I really have sort of like a, a servant leadership mindset. I really love to help others. Um, so I was all in how can I help you market your business, your products, your services to my people? And then they said, Courtney, are you going to send me an invoice? And I was like, oh yeah, I should do that. You know? And it was that literally, it was literally that far back in my mind that I was just so excited about helping people that I'd kind of forgotten, oh, I need to get a business account and I need to make invoices and things that I just hadn't done before. So there was certain that that funny thing and then just getting um frankly to own a digital marketing agency i didn't set up my website for about six months which is hilarious might have been even longer just because i was so excited to help others um it's it's really it was always more of a passion project than um i want to grow my wealth through this um but that's just sort of me in a nutshell really and um so yeah there were a fair amount of bumps along the way but they were all bumps i could figure out and there were no no huge surprises along the way but i certainly had some interesting times um i owned the company for about seven years as well and so got to do fun things like pay quarterly taxes and um <laughs> you know navigate hiring subcontractors during busy seasons and um walk through some really interesting seasons of um electoral regulations and facebook advertising and that is a whole nother can of worms so there were so many things i learned along the way and i think truth be told i'm really grateful that i had all of those challenges because they were fantastic learning experiences so what would be one tip you would give to an upcoming entrepreneur that wanted that wants to dive into this journey Oh, gosh, I think I would say um, know yourself, know yourself really, really well. Um, be firm in your beliefs in terms of why you are going into this business, um, because whether it's like me, a, a marketing agency 
or if you are going to um, knit sweaters for a living, you have to have a real passion for it and you have to have a real drive to be able to do that every single day. Because um, specifically if you are a solo entrepreneur, there is nobody you are technically accountable to other than yourself. If you have clients, certainly, yes, to a degree, but they're not holding your hand to the fire. So you have to have the will and the drive to be able to motivate yourself every day, um, but also the desire to do so. And it's more than just doing the job that you think you want and that it says it is on paper. It's doing all the other stuff behind the scenes. It's doing the invoices. It's doing the um, analytics. It's doing all that sort of back of the house stuff that actually makes businesses run that isn't so fun on paper. <laughs> so in terms of growing your business, when you grow a business at a certain point, you have to hire your first employee. So can you like quickly walk us through when you decided, okay, it's time to bring in my first employee and how did you know who to hire in terms of like cultural fit as an example? Yeah, that's a good question. So in my, in the whole time of my business, I only had subcontractors. I never had a full proper employee, if you will. Um, I had one, two, two or three over the years. Um, and they the, the first two were brought in during very busy seasons. Um, I worked with a little, a lot of political candidates. So folks that were running for office and had a really tight, um, time frame of being extremely busy and then it would be done. Um, so during those seasons, I brought on subcontractors and delegated specific accounts or customers or content to them. Um, so how I selected them was basically, um, I had to be able to trust them. I had to be able to, um, know that they would do the work, um, because I didn't have a lot of time to babysit and then just make sure that if they were in a role that they would be interacting with my customers that or my clients, then it would be um, in a manner that was on par or on level with the way that I interact with them. Um, I did have one subcontractor who was with me for a little over a year and he had more responsibility um, up until the very end. And it was just, it, it, it had to be the right fit. And sometimes that's sort of one of those things that it's, it's the intangibles that make that as opposed to, um, you had a killer resume. There's, you have to have a great resume, but it's also the intangibles that really make that fit. In terms of hiring your subcontractors, did you get them more through referrals or was it some of them were like the online resume and you interviewed them? Great question. So the, they were all, um, personal referrals, either people that I knew personally or people that I knew in a roundabout way, but didn't know that they did digital marketing. So yeah, one was, um, yeah, they, they were all just sort of acquaintances or referrals in one way or another. Like, great. Uh, cause there's, there's always the debate about like applying online networking and it seems like networking and like knowing people is the best way to land an opportunity. It, you know, it's so funny because I, I ran this marketing business where I was all about online and all digital, but some of the best networking that I ever did to get clients was in person. And some of the best networking that, that I received, you know, subcontractors was in person. So I know it's this really funny fine line, but I think you have to be skillful and adept at both to be able to really navigate today's business world. 
All right. And I'm not sure you fully answered the question uh, in terms of like, when did you know that you needed to hire help? So I think I knew it was time to hire folks when I was sort of at what I kind of call the tipping point of where I was at maximum capacity of ability to produce good content for my clients and service their needs effectively. And I was sort of right on that edge of not being able to do so um, because for me, that's that's sort of the key. And it was getting to that point of, I either need to bring somebody on or let somebody go. And I didn't really want to lose any clients. Um, so it was time to bring somebody on. And then in order to support being able to afford a subcontractor, then I needed to bring in more revenue. So it's this sort of funny balance of making sure that you're capable of producing the content, in my case, or the you know outcome that your customer your client is seeking, and also being able to delegate to the person that um, is now working for you. Thanks for sharing the, the background in terms of uh, how you went from an employee to an entrepreneur and running this uh, marketing uh, agency. So yeah. now let's get into the heart of the topic. When did you decide that it was time to uh, close shop and start your next chapter? So it wasn't exactly like a one day decision, kind of just like it was in, when I started the business, but. Um, you know, when I founded my company, it was 2014, and I never in a million years thought that I would ever leave it, close it. Ever, you know, I don't think anybody has those dreams. Um, I really, really never thought I would go back to working for somebody else because what I loved about it more than I, I loved my clients. I loved seeing them succeed. I loved the balance. But a lot of things had changed since I started the business in 2014, you know, especially when we talk about digital marketing. Um the, the platforms had shifted so much. There had been so many new platforms and um, keeping up with them was as much of a full-time job as it was running the business itself. Um, and then on a personal level, um, you know, my children were bigger. They were both in school full-time. And so my um, schedule sort of was shifting. And I thought, well, once again, if there's ever going to be a time, this might be the time. Um, and coming off of COVID, um, you know, I, it's 2019 had been the best year of my business hands down. It was amazing. And I started 2020 with about 25 clients all to myself. And those 25 clients had a ton of social platforms and a ton of presences and I was managing it all. And then March hit and funniest thing, the, um, marketing consultant lady is kind of the lowest thing on their, uh, their sheet that gets cut. So, um, you know, I was the last thing on their balance sheet and I understand why I would be the first to go and it made total sense. So um, it was really interesting because, you know, as clients were sort of falling off, um, which I completely understand, there were a lot of regulations and a lot of things in the world sort of dictating that I couldn't necessarily physically see them and I couldn't go and support them in the way that I had been. Um, at the same time, I was finding, I'm, I was pretty burnt out. Um, I think I was getting pretty tired of running a business all by myself and um, I was ready for a change. So I sort of spent about six months thinking about how do I want to shift this? How do I want to sell this? Do I want to, um, you know, take my clients somewhere else and I would be in more of a support role? How do I want this to go? And um, in one night when I just 
couldn't sleep and I was sort of stressing about it thinking oh what's gonna I have to get up and do this again tomorrow you know and it, and it wasn't going oh I get to get up and do this again tomorrow it was not that attitude and when I was realizing that my mindset had really shifted and the passion was diminished um that was really a telltale sign for me so um I was having a hard time sleeping and I was looking on online job listings and um Often I would look at those and sort of poach and say, hey, don't hire somebody to work for you in-house. Hire my agency. We'll do this for less. But there's this one posting and it just it just stood out the way that it was written about their passion and their culture of their company. I was like, I want that. I, I don't want a job. I want that job. I want that feeling. I want that community. I want that belonging. I want that. Um, and so it it wasn't necessarily one thing that um, perpetuated or like got me to that point, but it was sort of a variety of things. And um, and then yeah, I saw that and I just I applied for the job, and the rest is history. Before we get into that, what did your friends and family and your husband think when you decided that hey, I, I think I want to shift gears? So I didn't tell most of them. <laughs> That's rule number one, um, because I had to be mindful of the fact that I did have some clients at the time that um, were fairly um, recognized in our community. And so um, I'd, I'd expressed some of my concerns to my um, my husband, but that was about it. Um, and when this um, particular job posting came open, um, I, I applied and um I was kind of surprised that I even did so because I, I thought, well, I'm usually the person who can just sort of stick it out and tough through the hard times. And I could, but I felt that my passion wasn't there in this, in this exact niche as it was seven years ago. Okay. So you've you discussed it. You, you apply for the job that you have right now. So, so how did it work? Did you like craft a resume? Did you like reach out to the hiring manager or how, how did that come about? Yeah, so it was shockingly quick. Um, I applied at about 11 o'clock at night because, like I said, I couldn't sleep. And by 6 in the morning, I had a request for a first interview. And I thought, oh, my gosh, okay. Um, <laughs> so that was extremely fast. And so um, within 24 hours of submitting it, I was doing a Zoom interview. And so, yes, I was quickly updating my resume because, again, I wasn't quite thinking things were going to happen this quickly. Um so I was quickly updating my resume, my portfolio, and getting things in line and thinking, okay, they're kind of, they're ready to make a decision. This is pretty crazy. Um, so then after the Zoom interview, I had an in-person interview within about two days. Um, so that was pretty telling to me as well. And um, I think for me, what was really wonderful is um, just the experience. I think any of us who have gone through the interview processes, it's not necessarily fun or easy. Typically, um, I went through a lot of it after graduate school, and I, oh, it's a very, it can be a very daunting thing to go through the whole interview process. But um, this was just so easy and smooth and fluid. It just sort of made sense, and so um, yeah, it was just a really quick. About four days later, I'd interviewed in person and they said they'd let me know within a week. And that's about how long it took. And it was it was very, very quick, easy process. So going back to the, the resume, so you did apply online and they reached out to you the next morning, right? 
So how did you put your founding experience on the resume? Did you say founder or did you say marketing managers and not make it look like it's your own company? So how, how did that work? Yeah. So I actually really went back and forth on this and I've gone back and forth on what to put and what to exclude on my resume for years. Um, I have a bachelor's and a master's degree, and that can be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on where you're going. Um, I have seven years sales experience and seven years marketing experience. They only wanted two. <laughs> and I thought, oh, are they just going to sort of move me along because I'm quite overqualified for this position? Um, so absolutely, I questioned all these decisions. But um, for me, at the end of the day, I am all for transparency. And I was as honest as could be. And I thought, well, this is me, take it or leave it. And if it's not meant to be, then it won't be. Um, so I, yes, I put a lot of information on there that I felt was um, aligned with the uh, job description because of the position being in sales and marketing. So I was able to tie in the seven years of sales experience I had prior to the seven years of marketing experience and sort of um, coalesce the two and hopefully word it in a way that would make myself seem like a desirable candidate for this position. But you're absolutely right. I questioned all those things that should I put that I'm the founder and CEO of this company that I still am, you know, and I, I did. And um, fortunately for me, it worked um, with this, with this particular opportunity, but I don't know if, if that would have been the case with another company. So yeah, so you were transparent and you did highlight that you were the CEO founder of your agency. Yes. And then they reached out to you the next day. Yep. Yep. So I guess it didn't scare them off. <laughs> That's great. Okay. So was the first interview like the recruiter screening? So no, it's a very small company. So the first interview was on Zoom with the uh, director of business development and the COO. Um, so that was intimidating at best um, because it's also on Zoom. It's a whole different way to do an interview with strangers and you're you're trying to navigate that awkward Zoom interaction where you're like, are they going to talk? Should I talk? Are they done answer saying their question? Should I, you know, just navigating that space um, that's a little easier in person um, trying to quote unquote read the room, but it was all right. <laughs> I'm assuming that they asked you this question, what's going on with your business? Are you still working with it or are you closing it? Or did they, I'm assuming that they had to ask that, right? You know, it's so funny, Max. So I had prepared so much for these interviews and um, I'm a planner. So I write a lot of notes. I take a lot of information down and I plan and plan and plan. And so I had crafted responses to what I thought would be sort of the typical interview questions. And most certainly that was the first one. I felt that they were immediately going to say, okay, well, um, why are you applying for this position when you already own your own company? Um, why would you want to change gears? And so I had a, um, what I thought was a really well-crafted response to that. And it basically boiled down to the fact that um, I had sort of met every challenge that I could in my tenure as an entrepreneur in this kind of industry in the ways that I had wanted to. I'd met sort of every goal that I'd wanted to achieve and I was ready for new challenges. But I also spoke to the fact that you know, part of being an entrepreneur that people don't tell you about is that when you choose to work for yourself, you're often choosing to work by yourself, which was the case for me. So I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of ready to be with other people. I'm, I've, you know, spent seven years typing away in my home office and I'm ready to 
speak to human beings <laughs> in real life. So, um, so I was ready to be a part of a team and be in a role that supported others because um, that's really what I love doing for my clients when I owned my business and I'd helped them and I, I'd seen them have huge successes. I saw, you know, candidates get elected to positions and beat incumbents that had been in that seat for 30 years. I saw businesses grow and be able to open second and third locations and, and, and amazing things. And I said, I'm, I'm ready to take this somewhere where I can be in-house and actually witness it firsthand as opposed to sort of with this um, third wall, if you will, between a client and an agency owner. So they didn't ask you what's going on with the business? So the question actually never came up. Um, they never brought it up, which boggled my mind. And so um, when it came to the point, you know, of the interview where they said, do you have any questions? And I asked um, a few. And then I said, do, do you wonder why I'm leaving? Why I'm leaving the company that I have to work for somebody else or why I'm interested in that? Because I thought, again, are these what do they really think of me, you know, and what are these folks really thinking? Because um, I didn't want them to get the wrong impression that I was going to do this for a little bit and then head back and do my own thing. Um, and so they said, well, we've wondered, um, would you like to tell us? And I thought, yeah, you're being way too polite for hiring people. My goodness, um, <laughs> you're way too polite. So, um, so I, I explained that to them. I explained that I was, you know, ready for a new challenge and looking forward to new opportunities in a different um, capacity. And they said, okay, well, perfect. We've never had this role before. This is a position that's never existed in our company. So we really need somebody who can come in and basically tell us what we need. And so in a really funny way, they kind of needed me to be an entrepreneur that worked within their system. So it really has been sort of this funny, easy thing where I, from day one said, hey, you need to do this, you need to do that. And it's based on my experience. So it's been a really funny, easy fit. Um, and it's crazy how it all worked out. Yeah, that's that's very unorthodox that they never asked you at all. You had to actually bring it up. Do you want to know why I'm like closing the business or what's going know, on with it? It, it, just, it just seemed uh, awkward. I agree. I agree. And and again, I'm I'm a huge believer in transparency and um, being honest and forthright. And so I thought I can't leave the second interview without getting this off my chest because I didn't want there to be any outlying questions because I, on the one hand, I thought perhaps they're not asking because they don't want to. Um, make any assumptions um, or think that I'm going to do them do both simultaneously, which um, I really don't think that I could. Um, but I just wanted to be clear and, and forthright. And um, I think I wasn't doing that just to earn brownie points, but I think that that showed that I was truly committed to, to jumping on board and going back to being an employee, which um yeah, it's, it's an interesting shift to want to be that. But for me, it's a really good fit. So to summarize what you're saying, the main tip you want to give to entrepreneurs that want to go back into the workforce is to be fully transparent with your work experience. So if you are the CEO founder, just say you are. Don't say that you're the marketing manager of the company. Uh, just be transparent because if they don't agree the fact that you are a CEO founder, then it's fine, right? You want to be transparent so you can find the right fit for a company that does value that entrepreneurial experience? 
I do. I really do. And um, I think the the biggest value in that of, of being that honest and transparent is um, that they will know that you are bringing to the table a certain skill set that perhaps a different candidate wouldn't have as an entrepreneur, as the owner of a business, as the founder of a company, however you label it. Um, you have a skill set that somebody who is coming from a similar position as an employee wouldn't have. There's just there's just a different level of um, acumen there. And some of it sort of can't be taught um, without actual experience. So I think that there's a lot of wonderful experiential learning that is very beneficial. And so in my opinion, yes, I wouldn't hesitate to include um, the truthful, honest details of your work experience, so long as they are beneficial to the position that you're seeking. Where did you apply for this job? Was it like on LinkedIn or was it on Indeed? Or It was on Indeed. It was oh, on Indeed. In- okay. Yep. So do you think that having you as the founder on your resume actually helped you stand out compared to all the I other think, applicants? Yeah. You know, I think it did. Um, I hope it did. I, I think, um, you know, that was a small snippet of my resume. And I hope that um, it was a piece of the puzzle because, again, given my particular instance where they were looking to, this was a newly created position, they were looking for somebody that possessed autonomy and ability to work in a self-directed manner. Um, They needed somebody who kind of knew the ropes, so to speak, and wasn't looking for a daily checklist from a manager because um, that just isn't the, the case for me here. All right. And let's say, so, so you went from an employee to entrepreneur to employee. How did things change a second time around as an employee? And what were some of the skills that you learned as an entrepreneur that you were able to bring into this company to bring more value and contribute to the growth of that company? So the small company that I'm now working for, um, I think one of the most interesting things is that they had never had a person solely responsible for the position that I now hold, which is a sales and marketing position. Um, So a great deal of my first 60 days was really spent um, defining this role, um, developing the marketing strategy and sort of creating the path that we wanted this to go down. So I think had I not come from an entrepreneurial background, I don't know that I would have had the wherewithal to sort of stand strongly and say, hey, this is what we need to do and here's how we're going to get there. I think it took a little bit of um, uh, previous knowledge and previous, frankly, experience to be able to say that to a leadership that's been leadership team that's been there, you know, 20 plus years and say, hey, you're doing a lot of things backwards and I can make your processes a lot faster if you streamline it to do X, Y and Z. Um, I think that with that, there came sort of an innate understanding and respect that, oh, yeah, she knows what she's talking about because she was doing this all on her own and she's run a business before. So there was sort of a, a mutual respect of, um, I'm not just saying saying things just to, um, I don't know, get things done, but it was it's to be beneficial for the whole of the company. So it was more of the, like again, communication, the leadership and that respect because you actually have merit in your advice and expertise that you're giving because you've done it before. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think... Um, in my particular case, the experience that I had has been really beneficial to cultivating this as a brand new role for this company. And it's 
it's been very rewarding to be able to um, sort of start this position from scratch. And we've already had some great accomplishments in the less than 90 days I've been here. So um, yeah, I think applicants that were com coming to this role that had perhaps been in a similar position as opposed to an entrepreneurial role, they may not have had um, as much self-direction or um, I, I don't know, sort of self-motivation, frankly, to sort of get it going and take the reins on this new position and just hit the ground running. Great. And in, in terms of the, the business that you're closing, is it closed now or it's completely done? Yeah. So I closed the website and turned unpublished my Facebook page. Um, the email address still exists, but um, yeah, I don't, I really don't see it continuing um, in the sense that it had been. Um, if down the line, I go back into marketing for myself independently many, many years from now, who knows, apparently in seven years, because apparently that's how I do things. Um, I think it would be in a different capacity. Um, I don't see it being in the same way for, for a number of reasons. Um, number one, the way that social media and digital marketing was when I started it seven years ago is vastly different than what it is now. And what I was able to, um, what I wanted to do for my customers isn't quite feasible with the way the, that it's all set up in the current state. Um, so I, there's a lot that I love about digital marketing, but I think my focus has shifted as a result of changes in the marketplace. So yeah, I think the business as it had existed is all gone and um, yeah, we'll just see what lies ahead. So you're at a stage in your life career where you have no regrets closing it. Because some people says, oh, maybe I should stay longer. Maybe if COVID recovers, I'll try again. But you, at this point, you're happy with your decision. Yeah, I'm super happy with it. Um, it Was it emotional at times? Most certainly. Was it um, challenging at times to make this choice? Absolutely. Did I spend a good two weeks really thinking this through and really digesting every aspect of what it meant to own my own company, the the joys, the challenges, the flexibility, the lack of flexibility that that involved. Absolutely. I really went through every single bit of minutia to sort of, sort of try to make sure I was making the right decision. And at the end of the day, um, my first day at this new place, I was like, oh, that was, that was it. I totally made the right decision. And so, um, you know, sometimes that's just how it goes in life that the market sort of dictates the beginning of things and the end of things. And I think I'm really fortunate that I sort of worked through a way and in a, in a position um, to be able to start a company when it was really, really needed and end it gracefully. Um, and on my own terms, I, I'm grateful for the incredible things I learned and the amazing relationships I cultivated. Um, there were incredible incredible people that I met that I never would have otherwise. So I'm really grateful. And I don't look back on that with anything but joy. There's there's no regret. There's no remorse. And I'm really thankful for it because I think it set me up for exactly where I am now. And I cannot wait to keep pushing the business that I'm now working for in a really amazing position. I'm, I'm excited for them. And it's really mentioned about how you ended on your terms because a lot of people aren't able to do that for whatever reason. So the yep. fact that you're able to do it, it, it's definitely an accomplishment for you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, I'm, I'm grateful for it. And it was, yeah, it was sort of hard at the end to have to 
let my clients know, hey, I'm closing the business um, and referred them to other quite skillful folks. But um, yeah, I never really, when I started it, when you start a business, I don't think anybody thinks about ending it. Um, And I'm grateful that I was able to close it again, sort of gracefully, nicely, um, without having any drama. And it was a very easy process. And yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. It was so amazing. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I would jump back into that business again anytime soon, but I'm so glad for everything I learned for better or for worse. I learned a lot. So to close off our discussion, what is a piece of advice that you can give someone that wants to try entrepreneurship? And then like, in terms of like going back as a player, like what's, what's the main advice you can give in terms of someone that wants to go through that journey of like wanting to make that jump, but then they don't know if they are able to go back. I think the biggest thing I would say is when you are waking up and you're dreading going to work, that's not the right place for you to be. If you're going to bed and you're worried about the next day, you're not going to the right place of work. So whether that is as an owner of a business or as an employee of a business, I think that that is the biggest telltale sign. And obviously I know that it isn't always that easy in black and white that oh, well, I don't like my job, I'm going to change it. But for me, that is always sort of the the big telltale indicator that um, if you're not where you're meant to be, you'll know and make the choice to make yourself happier, better, and more fulfilled and follow the path, whether or not it seems like it's what society thinks you should do, your family thinks you should do. Um, Just, I'm a huge believer in doing what makes you happy And I think that every single one of us is as happy as we are meant to be. Um, We just have to make sure that we are making the choices to put ourselves in the best position possible, whether that's in our business or in our lives. Um, You are as happy as you can be as long as you choose to be. What is one resource that whether it's a book, a podcast, YouTube channel, what have you, that has helped you uh, in terms of your uh, development as a person? For me, um, one of the biggest assets that I found was our a local um, chapter of a uh, small, it's, it was a small business organization. Um, it was hugely instrumental in helping me as an entrepreneur. And of course, I'm watching the name of it right now. But um, I, I think that that, as an entrepreneur is a really helpful thing to look at your local business associations that are um, government kind of funded. They're, they're really amazing. The local SBAs are amazing. Um, But then also I think professionally um, find good people to network with. And I don't mean um, the biggest and the best in the town that you're in necessarily, Networking doesn't necessarily mean, you know, going to some weird cocktail hour and not knowing anybody. It can mean finding, you know, interesting people online who don't necessarily share the same thoughts as you. Um, Challenging yourself through networking, whether that's online or in person, is a really good way to expand your horizons, um, but also to expand your knowledge base because it opens up um, doors and opportunities or resources that you may not have known existed. So I think those are two that I would say. (laughs) And you told me prior to our recording that 
this is your first podcast. So you said Zoom was also nerve wracking. So what's more nerve wracking, a Zoom interview or a podcast interview? Oh man. Well, you make it super easy, Max, but um, I don't know. They're pretty equal. I'd say this was pretty fun, but um, yeah, this, yeah, I think the Zoom interview is harder than this. You're pretty good at this, Max. <laughs> Thanks, Cordy. Appreciate it. So how can people connect with you to want to learn more about your journey if they are interested? Oh, you can just find me on LinkedIn. I'm looking forward to sort of sharing more about this because um, when I posted about this on LinkedIn, I really didn't think too, too much of it. I was just sort of sharing my one personal thing and I'm not a big believer in being super personal on LinkedIn. So um, it was kind of a step outside the box for me, but um, yeah, feel free to find me on LinkedIn, Courtney Nicholson and yeah, looking forward to connecting with folks. Again, I really appreciate the time today, Courtney. Again, a lot of people don't really discuss about going from entrepreneur to employee. So I'm glad you came on just to share the other side that doesn't get spoken about or discussed as much. So again, uh, thank you so much. And I hope my audience uh, finds this conversation useful. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Max. Thank you so much to Courtney for sharing her story from going to employee to entrepreneur back to employee. She definitely provided a lot of guidance for people that are itching to try entrepreneurship, but are worried that they might not be employable if they do want to go back into the workforce. Here are the two things I want to highlight based on my conversation with Courtney. The first and most important point is she believes that you should be transparent. She's all for transparency. When it came to her resume, she ended up just writing founder slash CEO on it, and she got an interview for a company that she wanted to work for. She didn't try to hide that she was the owner of the company and write something such as marketing manager. She flat out told them that I'm the founder of this company, this is who I am. And that led to an interview with that company. So for anyone that does want to try to get back into being an employee at a company, heed Courtney's advice and just be transparent on your resume. Yes, there will be companies that believe that you are a flight risk and won't want to interview you, but you don't want to work for those companies anyway. You want a company that respects your entrepreneurial spirit and believes that you can help them create viable solutions to help grow their business. Which leads me to my last point, that entrepreneurs have skills that can really help shape a company's future. Entrepreneurs tend to be independent and can be self-directed. And companies love professionals that are able to manage their own schedule, dictate their own work, and provide proactive solutions in helping solve their problems. Entrepreneurs tend to have excellent communication skills and can work with various people of various backgrounds. And as we become more of a global society, being able to work effectively with multiple types of personalities is definitely a trait that employers are currently looking for. In summary, if you are interested in trying your hand on entrepreneurship or trying to be a business owner, I highly encourage you to take that step because people will value that sort of expertise because you just can't get that type of expertise from someone that's always been an employee. Again, this is Chan with The Plan of the Podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan. I publish new episodes every Tuesday on the most popular podcast platforms, such as Apple and Spotify. If you found this episode helpful, I would really appreciate it if you share it with your friends and family to help support the show. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, where I post daily content on topics such as job search advice, career guidance, and personal branding. That's it for me, and I'll see you next time.